Hey, what's up, guys? Before we get into today's episode, two little caveats I had to share with you is that we had some audio challenges in this interview with Crondot, which is amazing. So I wanted to make sure to use what we've got. So about a little more than halfway through, we had to move from Zencaster to Skype. So if you hear the change in the audio, that's what that is. And I've got, you know, I'll probably jump in and say, by the way, here's where it's changing. So anyways, enjoy the episode. It's totally worth it. And Kronda, you rock. Thanks so much for your patience with the audio. Building an online business is more than branding, content, and sales. It's what happens behind the scenes during the highs and lows that make or break your business. I'm your host, Kim Doyle, and this is The Kim Doyle Show. I'll be sharing my own journey of 10 plus years growing an online business, as well as talking to entrepreneurs who are on the ground, creating, building, and showing up every day. Remember, do business as only you can do. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Kim Doyle Show. I am your host, Kim Doyle. And today we have another awesome interview for you. I got to like how I say that it's awesome. We haven't even done it yet, but I know she's going to (laughs) over-deliver. And my guest today is Karanda Adair of Carvel Digital. Karanda, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. You know, this is really fun because for the listeners, I, I talk a lot about connecting and engaging and you know, taking that relationship from online to another step, whether, whether it's just leaving uh, an in-depth comment or having a Skype call or whatever. And so that's kind of how we ended up here is that we are in my content creators group together. And I've just been watching what Karanda does and it just blows me away. She is a, I would say, I was gonna say massive, but epic content creator. Um, But before we get into the meat of the show, I'd love to hear your story and how you got started with what you're doing. Um, So I came to this by way of, I guess, a lot of retail, just sort of, you know, Starbucks and um, Kinko's back when it was still Kinko's. And and then I had a, a project manager job. And within that job, I was managing some tech folks. I remember asking one of them what CSS was and he tried to explain it. And I was like, yeah, I still don't know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but I had a meeting with one of our developers and decided that looked like a cool lifestyle. Like he sauntered in, we had our meeting, he sauntered out with his laptop. And I was like, Oh, that, that guy can work anywhere and he's probably making more money than me. And I want to do that. So uh, I immediately went back to my desk and got on with the the local community college website and started that route and ended up at the Art Institute of Portland, where I got a degree in web design and interactive media. And from there, I took my internship and turned it into a job, uh, worked at an agency for a couple of years, and then was fired for culture fit, um, which is a thing that happens. Um, wow, to- you're going to have to expand <laughs> on that in a minute, but go ahead. <laughs> um and, you know, all along, my goal was really to start my own business. And so I just took that as the sign that it was time to start my own business. And so a little over five years ago, I just started out making WordPress websites for people and um, just have gradually, you know, morphed and reinvented my business as I've gone, as, as I know you do as well. And so now, now I have a digital marketing company where I really focus on helping business owners create automated marketing systems um, because I'm particularly have a soft spot for service-based business owners because I am one. And our challenge is always like the time factor, you know, trying Mm -hmm. to, trying to do everything in your business. And so 
I like to use the power of the robots to to get the marketing as much on automation as possible, which which is not the same as impersonal. Um, that's important to point out. So, but just trying to trying to take advantage of that so you can take back your time so you can focus on performing the work and and talking to people and doing the things that you're really good at. Couple things with that. First of all, I don't know you probably do, but I spent way too long in retail management. <laughs> So I I completely feel your pain there. Now I said, I'm like, you know, everybody should have to work in retail for like a week at Christmas. I think they'd be much nicer customers. (laughs) Yes. I think that's a great idea. Right. I'm like, come on. And, and for what it's worth, it's, it's a very interesting time for that space today as well, you know, let alone, you know, what we're doing online and whatnot. Um, But if you're up for it, I'd love to unpack the fired for culture fit. I have never even heard that term. Mind you, I've been out of a corporate space for about 15 years. Well, so for people who can't see me and don't know who I am, I'm black and I'm a woman and I'm also gay. So when when you are inhabiting those identities in the tech space, then getting fired for culture fit is a thing that happens um, with sad regularity. It, it's just, it trips me out to be honest. I'm sitting here like, it, it, it's to me, I, I, I guess, I don't know, I'm ignorant. I've been out of that space for a while. And I don't know, you just keep wondering, aren't we like, in a Are new decade? That? Yeah, or, yeah and, is it 1950? I don't understand this. Well, and but. it's not, it's not hyperbole. Like, the, like, my boss literally sat me down and said, you know, your work is great. I had gotten a promotion and a raise like the month before he said, you know, your work is great. Um, but you know, it's just not a good culture fit. And we're moving away from work life balance and towards career advancement, which to me is just kind of code for I need a bunch of young white guys with no kids that I can work 80 hours a week on a salary. Fascinating. And I'm curious, you don't have to give the name of the company, but how are they doing today? Oh, they're doing great. They've doubled in size since, uh, since I left. And, um, you know, they've, they've been through, (laughs) there's a lot of going on in the underbelly, but um, as far as the company, like they're still around, they're doing fine. And they, they pop up in the sort of tech diversity and inclusion circles. Um, yeah. <laughs> so like, there's, okay. there's, a, yeah. there's a lot of that dichotomy going on in the, in the tech world. So it's nice that I kind of pivoted away from that and I'm more focused on marketing because even though I'm still in tech, cause I'm still dealing with online marketing, it's, it's just a different focus and a different crowd. And I get to sort of mingle with different people. Well, and I, I think that, and, you know, it's interesting too, because I, it's, it's one of those things that you would like to say that one person, you know, does not represent the whole. So there is that at the same time when you're in it, it's, it's just a little bit surreal, no doubt. Uh, I don't want to waste more time on that though. So one of the things that, and I know I've probably asked you to talk about this like three times, Kronda, and and we'll get into it. Um, because I want to, I really want to dig a little bit deeper in the fact that you've chosen to focus on service, but you also produce a lot of content and you recently put yourself through a 30 day video challenge. And if you could just share with the audience what that was about, because I know so many people, I I did it myself. I don't want to be on video. You know, I'd done a lot of tutorials and I was behind the camera. I'd like to know one, why you did it and two, what you got out of it. Uh, so I did it because like most things that I do, it it was out of frustration. And, um, you know, just to give you some context, uh, I've had an email list for a while and I have done things in my email list, like, um, basically call out a bunch of people on my list because I was getting responses from them 
why they can't do this, why this is too hard. And I said, well, okay, what are you going to do? And so I would challenge them. I say, look, I'm going to redo my website and I'm going to launch it July 5th, which don't ever say you're going to relaunch your website like the day after a major holiday. <laughs> That's just a bad idea. Um, so I did this thing and I, you know, put myself through like a lot of late nights to, and then, you know, relaunched it and said, Hey, look, it's here. It's imperfect. Like, what did you do? And I literally said, I want you to write me back and tell me. And some people did. And then I checked up with them two weeks later and said, okay, did you do what you said? And, and so it's really just kind of an accountability, accountability play. Um, and so again, I was getting a lot of like, oh, I can't create content because this or, you know, whatever, whatever the barriers. I was like, come on, people. And so I just decided to do this 30 day challenge. And it was in the middle of, you know, I was finishing up uh, my course that I had been working on for six months. I still had a week of lessons to, you know, produce, edit, and publish. And uh, within that 30 days, we went to Santa Fe to see my father-in-law. Like, life was happening. And every day I was getting this video out. And I was really um, inspired by Shane Malak from Thrive Themes and Active Growth. Um, Active Growth is one of the best podcasts, other podcasts besides yours. Um, Thank you. I love Shane too. uh, I love their content. He's great. And he's always doing these walk and talk videos. You know, he does very polished like studio ones and then he'll just whip out his phone and walk around on the street and talk to just for kind of the same reason to prove like, look, if you practice, you can get good at this to the point where you can just whip out your phone and, you know, produce some good content. So I said, Oh, let me try that. And so that's what I did. And it started out with me walking around with my phone and, you know, that first video, like you can see my arm drop as I go around the block because <laughs> my <laughs> shoulder's getting tired. And then, you know, my wife saw it and said, Oh, that's, you know, you need a selfie stick. It's like, Oh yeah, you're right. So I got a, a selfie stick and, um, and I tried that and that was better. And then I was like, well, it's still really shaky. So then I was like, I need a gimbal. So I got a stabilizer for my phone. You know, it just kept going on Mm -hmm. and on. But the point is that hopefully video 30 is better than, you know, the first video. And everything that I learned along the way, I just would incorporate it into the next videos and try to improve, you know, one thing per, per day. So what I got out of it was, um, I'm, I was pretty comfortable already, but I'm super comfortable just like making a video on the spot. Um, I have a lot of new content out there. I'm sure Google's happier. Um, And one of my life goals is to be able to answer almost any question related to my work by sending someone a link. I don't want to spend time individually answering emails or individually having coffee with people, which I, I just don't do anymore. So I produce content to answer questions. And not only does that make Google happy, but it means that I can save time because I'd be like, oh, you have this question. I made a video about that. Go watch it. Which is huge because then you, on one hand, you've got people saying, oh, okay, well, you're, you're going to solve my problem. On the other hand, they're also seeing that you go and you implement and now they've got a reference to come back to. Uh, I want to ask you though, it's funny because you said, you know, I don't, I just don't go have coffee with people anymore. Was that a, is that a time factor? Was that a, a self-awareness, a personal choice? What made you decide not to do that? Um, it's mostly about time. It's, you know, I'm at the point in my business where I really need to create a certain amount of momentum. I'm not, I haven't like made it yet by any means. And so again, as a service-based professional, my time is literally money. I think people say that a lot. And once you, once you become an entrepreneur and you have a service business, you understand what that really actually means. And so if I'm having coffee with you, that means I'm not 
you know, working on client work. I'm not doing things to grow my own business. So that's time that I could be spending creating content that can help everyone and not just one person. So I've, I've really become just so, so stingy with my time. Well, it really is that, you know, that I'm a Gary Vee fan and it's the attention arbitrage. Time is a factor, right? Which is obviously why I love podcasts because I can consume them at so many odd times of the day whenever I want. Um, I want to back up a little bit though and ask you what your, I don't know, this might sound esoteric, your thoughts, your feelings on this idea. When you were talking about emailing your list and people, they have all these reasons for not being able to create content. Um, I want to go a little bit deeper with that. Because a couple reasons. One, there's this idea that, you know, people just won't do the work. And and on one hand, I I, I see that and I've been there. I, I from a human perspective, I don't think innately that people just don't want to do the work. There is so much fear around creating and publishing that I think people get in their own way and they spend a lot of time on what I call like the peripherals. Well, I'm gonna plan until the cows come home. I'm going to have 52 calendars and outlines and plans for something. And I'm going to do that or wait, my logo's done. The name of the product is done. But in the meantime, here's my, here's another example, Kronda, and then I'll have you, I'll shut up. But I call this the bullshit strategy, right? Where people go and they think, well, this, this course is going to be the thing. This is my tipping point, right? So they invest a couple thousand dollars in a course, Meantime, they still have no audience because they're not doing anything to drive traffic. They're not doing anything to build their list, but they think I'm going to learn how to do a membership site. I'm going to go through this course and I'm going to go all in. But the bottom line is they're going to have no one to market the membership site to, right? So pick where you want to start with that. But you know, let's go a little bit deeper with why you think people don't create content. I definitely think you hit on some of them. One of them being fear or some kind of emotional blocker. Um, and one of my videos is called get over yourself and email your list, because that's the thing I get a lot. I'm a very big proponent of email marketing and people are like, well, I don't know, you know, what should I say to my list? I don't want to bother them. And, and so the analogy, I like to communicate in analogies. So the analogy that I gave to the last person who said this to me, I said, well, okay, let's say that you, you own a house and you've got a problem with roaches. And so you go to a website that's an exterminator website and, you know, you sign up for a list of like tips to get rid of roaches and then they email you tips to get rid of roaches. Are you mad about that? No, (laughs) no, you're not because you have the problem and someone's trying to help you solve it. And so I think fear is a big thing. I think not having a clear idea of, you know, what it exactly is that you do and who you serve and how it helps them. Because if you have a driving mission feeling to your business, if you're like, okay, this is what I do. This is how it helps people. And I know that there are people out there who need exactly what I have and they're suffering because they, because they don't have it. Then you shouldn't have any problem getting your message out in whatever format, because if you're here to help people, then the people who need your help are out there and it's, you have to, you know, they're not going to find you by magic. No, at the same time, from that perspective, there's, there is this, um, I, I, the, the, who do you serve it and what's the purpose there? You know, you, you get, you'll get a lot of people that will start an online business and they know what they want to do. So let's say they want to do websites or they want to do social media marketing for somebody. I often find that you get clarity through the doing, right? So it's kind of this Mm -hmm. catch 22 that 
Because you start, I mean, I'm, I'm going to assume that you, you've you pivoted your core message and like you had an idea and you had a structure, but the more you did, the more people you served through your business, then you got really clear toward, like, did you start out with the automation piece or with, did that come clear through oh, the no. doing? Yeah, no. So I started out with, I'm going to make WordPress websites for anybody who has money and will pay it, <laughs> will pay me. And that was fine. I mean, I used to be very anti, not anti-growth, but you know. Like, I don't want complications. I don't want to deal with people. I just want to code into the sunset was kind of my (laughs) attitude. And so I'd make these websites for people and I would just hand them over. And what happened was, by and large, the business owners didn't do anything with the websites. The websites didn't really help them grow their business. And if they really neglected them, then they would come back maybe a year or two later and because it had been hacked. And so so I, I saw that like this isn't really helping people as much as I would like it to. So then I had to figure out, okay, what is the actual problem? When someone comes to you and says, I need a website, what they're actually saying is my business is broken or missing something, usually customers, right? I need more customers. Mm -hmm. So how do you get more customers? Marketing. So I already build websites. Online marketing is the natural you know, pivot from there. And, you know, I became a member of WP Elevation, which is the most awesome WordPress uh, professional mastermind on the planet. And, you know, that's where I really learned like how to run a business. And so that's why I pivoted because I saw that not only do you need a website, but you need the understanding of how online marketing fits into your business and the understanding that online marketing is a process. It's not like you build a thing and you put it out there and you're done. It's, you're yeah, never, there is no finish. <laughs> yeah. And I also saw that people who were getting websites were getting ones that weren't going to grow with them, with their business. They were getting ones that they were scared to touch it because it was so custom that, that they were afraid to break anything. Like there were all these issues. And so not only did it become, you know, I want to make websites, but because I'm focused on marketing and because I am a developer, now I know how to build websites that are flexible and easy for a business owner to use. If they're the kind, if they're the type that wants to be able to get in there and like add their own content, then I make sure that they're empowered to do that. So it just, you know, I'm, I'm kind of doing the same thing in a way, but just that, that focus change is makes a huge difference because I won't, if someone comes to me and just says, well, I've got this theme. Can you, you know, can you install it for me? I'm like, no, cause that's not what I do. I help people build businesses using online marketing. I don't just make websites. And you learned that though, because you had done that prior. Right. 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 Exactly. You know, and, and that's where I think people get stuck is I'm like, you, you have to pull the trigger. That's it. And, and have you ever listened to Mel Robbins or do you know what her five second rule is? No, tell okay, me. Mel, she, she's, I think she, she does stuff on CNN. She's had a great Ted talk. This is a, and she's a kick in the pants, but her five second rule is the bottom line is you're not going to feel like it all the time. And five, four, three, two, one, you get up and you do it. Right. So there is this, you know, and not to go like armchair psychologist on you, but there's this part of you that has to parent the, the kid in you. That's like, I don't want to do this, or I'm not good oh, at this. Yeah. So you have to say, it doesn't matter. You do it. And people overthink things to such a ridiculous degree, especially online. And I think there's a lot of peripheral noise because there's always a new tech. There's always a new strategy. There's always a new tool. Um, but, but even for myself, my business really shifted when I was like, that is it. I'm going back to core response 
you know, direct response marketing principles, and I'm going to master these fundamentals. I'm going to focus on writing. I'm going to focus on consistency. I'm going to focus on copy. All these things that are going to stand the test of time. But yet, uh-huh. I, I don't know what it is with the internet where some people think, you know, and I use all this some people, very general, broad term, but there is this idea that I'm going to start a business and I'm going to be in six figures in six months to a year without having to actually do the work. Whereas had they opened a restaurant, they'd be doing the work, right? They'd understand, (laughs) right? Yeah, that that's a long game. Yeah, I think that's nail on the head. And and what you talked about earlier is is something I call getting ready to get ready, right? Uh, Yes. <laughs> and that that was one of the main motivators of of the video challenge was to just go out and do something so people see you know real life can go on and you can still get things done and i think your point is is very well made that it's not going to be fun all the time it's not going to be exciting all the time if you're not bored sometimes because you're just kind of slogging through some some stuff that's not glamorous then you know you're probably you're probably not going to succeed <laughs> So I think that's a, that's a really good point. And it's something I rant about all the time. Well, and I think the rants are needed in a way, right? And this is probably why I've had my love, hate, love relationship with Gary Vee is because that during the hate window, I, I was doing the wrong work. And there is a difference between, you know, being busy and being productive. And I know for myself, it was I needed to get out of service work, which is a segue into you focusing on people with service work. And you know, I think there's a level of self-awareness that says, look, I've got a skill set that can really serve this market. For me, to your point, like the coffee piece, every time I was doing client work, I was like, I'm not working on my business. And it was frustrating because it was never a business I wanted. So what made you jump specifically into serving service people? Well, because I'm, I still am one. I, I'm definitely um, moving away from that slowly. Like I like it um, because I'm I'm much pickier now about who I work with, but you know, I, I created a course because it, it kind of acts as a filter, right? Because if someone is willing to come in and do the work, first of all, the people who were coming to me for service things, especially the people in my network, a lot of times couldn't afford to hire me to just do it for them. And so I wanted to have an option for those people to do it themselves if they really needed to, but also to learn what they needed to do so that if they were going to hire it someday, they would, you know, they would have a better chance of hiring the right people to do the right things. So that was one of the motivators. And so, and the service thing is because service professionals are probably, I don't know if it's more than other kinds of businesses, but they're really trapped in the, like the feast and famine roller coaster and, Mm -hmm. you know, and, are really commonly the bottleneck in the business of the holding back their own growth. And um, the only way to get out of that is to start to automate things, to start to have, you know, documentation and process in your business, whether or not you're going to hire someone. If you, if you document something and you, and you write down what the process is, even if it's just you doing it over and over again, at least, you know, you're not going to miss steps if you're following a checklist. So you're going to institute some quality control and that's going to make your clients happier. And that's going to help your business. You're going to get better referrals. You know, there's all these things, there's all these rewards that you get from being a better service professional and trying to automate some of your business. And so I really just have a soft spot for those folks because I am those folks. <laughs> I, well, absolutely. And I have found a lot of people also that do service work 
like yourself, there is a transition period, right? Because you will have hit a point, possibly if it's, you know, if it's something you want to get out of at a certain point, I think what happens is you you realize not that there's a ceiling, but unless you want to go really wide, huge agency, right, you know, and, and mm-hmm. rent tons of space and hire people. And so there's a certain point, um, as a solopreneur, even if you've got a couple people on your team, where you say, how scalable is this piece? And then what happens also, which was my experience was also that it was more of, you start learning a lot more, your skill set gets higher, and you start finding sort of little, oh, I love this element of marketing, versus just a deployment of, of service, right? So is there anything in that that's kind of pulling at you to say, God, Krona, I'm great at video, or I'm going to do more video marketing, or I can serve people more by coursework? Yeah, I mean, the course really, so this is like the essential catalyst for the course was in the first four years of my business, people would come to me, at least one person a year would come to me and want me to help them with their website. And they would not know where their domain was registered, where their website was hosted. They didn't have the logins and they would say something to me like, well, my, my old developer did that. So I don't know, or my friend did that for me. And I would say to them, cool, you just gave away your online business. <laughs> and then we would have to go through the process of like rescuing everything and getting it back in their name. And, people and it's crazy understand. how many people hold, hold that hostage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, oh, I have won't stories. go there, but it's creepy. So, <laughs> but yeah. So that was like the level of, of um, you know, of ignorance that I was finding. I'm like, this is, this is terrible. Like, I think what happens is, people, especially creative people, go into business because they're good at what they do and they realize that people will pay them for it, but they have no idea how to run a business. And a lot of times, especially if they're not technical, they just kind of put their head in the sand about that whole area and they pass it off to someone else. And you really cannot do that and then and succeed at your business. You, you have to have a level of awareness. Just like if you bought a house, you have a real estate agent, you know, they help you through the transaction, but you sign the papers because it's your house. So your name has to be, you know, on that on those online accounts. Um, you need to own them, and you need to have a level of awareness, even if you plan to hire someone to do something. Otherwise, you have no idea if they're doing the things that are in your best interests. And I can't tell you how many, you know, people and sites I've inherited where it's just a hot mess because they were like, "Oh, well, I think they're doing what they're supposed to," but they weren't. So, or they, or they weren't paying for maintenance and it's, you know, it's, it's crazy. I received an email, gosh, a week ago from somebody I'd built a site for three years ago. And one of those <laughs> were, and it had been fine and the relationship was great and they didn't want to pay the final balance until after they'd had another call. And I was like, well, no, we're done. Like, so I turned the site off until the payment, they made the payment really fast. Um, <laughs> and she was livid with me out of the blue, I get an email. Oh, you know, I feel bad about how things ended. And I see you're still doing WordPress. I'm like, well, I'm not even responding. <laughs> you know, so Which people are people. I don't think it has anything to do with whether, but it, it's online or not. But it, it's, it's strange to me that there's this sort of hands off because there's a, um, a disconnect with understanding of technology and understanding of how things work. And so people automatically I don't know. I don't know if it's like they just don't want to own it, but it's, you know, as a business owner, this is where things are heading. You need to get on board. Yeah. And people are legitimately like afraid of their websites. And so, 
you know, just getting past that. I think knowledge is the thing that can help you get past that. And I've, I've seen that. And, um, you know, like Oprah says, when you know better, you do better. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Okay. Let's shift a little bit too, because I want to talk to you specifically, of course, about content, content marketing, and, uh, you do a lot of content. Where do you think content and and pick any piece you want from this Mm -hmm. Karanda is content marketing, content creation. What do you think is going to, you know, step out? I mean, where do you see this heading? I think the thing that's awesome about content is that it lets people get to know you. And in the end, this is what I, it seems to always come back to is that people who are really successful in business are people who build relationships. And so if you want to build relationships at scale, whether it's to attract business partners or clients, then content marketing is a fantastic way to do that, to put yourself out there where anybody at any time can go and be like, let's see what this person is all about. And um, so that, I mean, I think that's why I I got so involved in your group is because I'm like, oh, these people are are focused on the thing that that really matters because (laughs) they can build websites all day, but if they don't, if there's nothing in them, you know, that's, that's why I'm choosy about my clients because I want to make sure that a, you have something to say, and B, you're willing to put in the work to actually create the content to say it. And so um, that's that's really been my focus. And uh, that's the part of my job, you know, when I am able to sort of scale back and not do client services anymore, I would love to just sort of teach people full-time and, and mentor people full-time and get paid for that and then do the content marketing for my own company and and, you know, maybe build a team to do the services part. And I'll just kind of like lead everything. <laughs> well, and I mean, it's, it's, it's totally where you're going, clearly. And, you know, the thing is, with with businesses, it, the craziest thing to me is that no one's going to tell their story better than them. And I, I think they're, if they could just realize, I need to do this, it's gone are the days, right, of just buying an ad in the yellow pages or putting some I don't know, paying for some stupid circular that comes in my mailbox and goes straight to the garbage. But but that piece of it, and that's where, you know, for the longest time, I did a lot of how to do this with WordPress and how to do that. And and there wasn't even a cohesive structure to it. It wasn't mm-hmm. until I started podcasting and started pulling my voice into it, which is where I think sort of the magic happens today is there is a balance, right? You can't just, I mean, I'm not going to talk about I might take a picture for a story, but I'm not going to talk about my lunch necessarily in a blog post <laughs> on my site. You know what I'm saying? But there is this there is this element of of sharing what you're doing that makes content so easy to produce today. And do you, you know, with with offline businesses maybe or some of the people that do service work, do you see there's just a disconnect that they don't think their their audience wants to know that? I think for some people that's true that they they don't understand the power of content marketing. I think for other people, it might be that they, they're really uncomfortable with putting themselves out there. I had uh, a meeting with a potential client where he was like, well, I'll post something on social media, like something controversial, but I'll just post it and ask people what they think. I won't say what I think. And I was like, well, you need to have an opinion and you should share that opinion because that's how people get to know you. That's how you attract the people that you want to attract and repel the people that you're not supposed to do business with is by having an opinion. And so if you go to my blog, you, you will very quickly know what my opinions are about a ton of different things. (laughs) And so I think the people who are willing to do that and willing to put themselves out there are going to 
build the most relationships and, you know, find their thousand true fans, if you will, and, and, you know, build their empire. Yeah, it's, it's, it's this whole, I don't know if it's being vulnerable or sharing or putting themselves out there. But it is, and reminds me of a saying, if you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. I definitely avoid controversial BS uh, on social media, because I just don't have the energy. But if I have a definitive opinion about something, I have no problem stating that, right? And I kind of tend to be yeah. Pollyanna. Well, so. and when I say controversy, I mean, like, I don't like Divi. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so. We're not getting into politics and religion here, but. <laughs> I mean, I do, like, I used to get into those a lot more on my personal socials. But yeah, I mean, when, I, when I'm saying opinions, I'm talking, in my, in my case, opinions about you know, WordPress or content marketing or, you know, things that actually relate to your business, but that, that you should be expected to have an opinion on. Like if you're, you know, if you're a designer, you would be expected to have an opinion about, I don't know, white space or whatever designers argue over. (laughs) Well, yeah, you know, and the first, I remember I felt very nervous the first time I had done that. And it was, it was funny because it was around, um, and it was an email that I had written about Beaver Builder, who I love those guys. And it was it was something about like why how why Beaver Builders like cheers. You know, you want to go where everybody knows your name because <laughs> their community has that feeling. And I specifically called out and I felt very nervous about it, but I called out the Genesis community because I had done a lot with that and was, you know, kind of found my niche within WordPress and showing just the everyday user. Here's how you use the theme you just bought, right? But I had a lot of code snobs and people that were nasty and snarky to me. And I'm like, there's a reason one of those companies is scaling to a certain degree. And another, and and to me, in my opinion, you know, is that gone are the days of being this faceless entity and we're this big marketing or we're this big conglomerate up here. And, but my whole point is I had people respond. I felt that way too, you know, and people jumped in. I didn't have anybody jump in and I, I wasn't nasty about it, but I was very clear that I never felt a part of that community. And while I made great friends through it and I'm super appreciative of those relationships, I, it was, I really drew a line in the sand. I'm not promoting this company anymore. All right, guys, little uh, commercial break here. This is where we had to move to Skype. So uh, bear with me again for the change in the audio, but I didn't want to have to reschedule this and redo this with Kronda. And it was fantastic regardless. So anyways, enjoy it the rest of the episode. All right, guys, you may not know this, but this is the third attempt to wrap up this interview, which has been a delight. But let me tell you, Zencaster was not cooperating. And Karanda and I were just talking about the fact that here we both do this kind of stuff for a living and we still get tech headaches. So uh, welcome back. Thank you. <laughs> um, okay, so I, I'm not going to use our second attempt at Zencaster. So what I'd like to do is go back to what we were talking about in terms of what would you tell yourself five years ago now that you have quote unquote been through it and you had a great story with the going through it piece. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually met a guy in an elevator last week and then we ended up the same food cart. And so we were chatting and he asked me, you know, how long have you been in business? And I said a little over five years and he just got this knowing look and, you know, I said, what? He's like, well, you know, that means you've been through some stuff. And, and, you know, he, he was talking about meeting newer business owners and having to tell them that there's no Santa Claus, basically, (laughs) that that there's a bunch of hard work. And, 
and that you have to go through some stuff. And so it's a great question. You know, what would you tell yourself? Um, you know, I definitely would say like, don't take that one job that turned into an utter disaster. Right? <laughs> we all have had those. Um, yep. You know, trust your gut. Cause I mean, I had, I had a feeling about that job. I had, I had, you know, you were talking earlier about joining courses, you know, as if like, that's the answer. I did that recently and it was a bad decision. And now I'm like trying to get out of it and they're not making it easy. Like, you know, I don't, I don't need all that. I need to just, a lot of times people ask me, say, what's, what's the answer to this problem or that problem? Almost always the answer is to sit your butt down in a chair or stand at your standing desk, if that's what you're into and do some possibly really boring work, you know, just do the work. And it's not glamorous to, you know, search for featured images for all your blog posts. It's not glamorous to do SEO. It's not glamorous to do editing, but those are the things that need to get done. And if you can't afford to hire people to do it, then you better get it done. So and if you want to, if you want to afford people, you do it until you can, like, that's what you have to grow something first. You exactly. Know? Exactly. And you know, that's, that's kind of where my course is aimed at. It's like, look, you, a lot of people come to me, they can't afford to hire me. And I'm like, great. You know what? I just uploaded my brain to the internet and you can have access to it for super cheap <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. then you can avoid all the mistakes that you're about to make trying to do this on your own, like you can have guidance because, you know, people tell me all the time, like WordPress is too hard. I'm like, yes, it is. But guess what? I figured out this really, really much, 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 much easier way to do it. And you, you can have all my secrets. But you so know what, Kronda, like, everything is too hard till you know how to do it. There was a time when you didn't so know true. how to drive a car, right? There was a time when a yes. flip phone was like the latest, greatest technology. And now we all walk around with mini computers in our pockets. Yep. And so this is, this is one of the challenges that I've had with people ask me like, what's, who's your target market? And usually they're asking about, you know, industry or some kind of vertical in my target market. It's almost a mindset that I'm looking for. It's not a certain kind of company. I, you know, I am focused on like service-based businesses because I think they have the most to gain from like content marketing and, and automation and time management things. But but really, it's the mindset of like, I'm going to do this come hell or high water. And those are the people I can help because I can say, great, let me give you this giant shortcut so you can actually make some progress and make some money and maybe hire some people so that you can focus on doing what you know, you're really great at and outsource the rest of the stuff. But in the beginning, if you can't afford that, then it's you. And it's got. I always say, you're either going to do it yourself or you're going to hire somebody or you're going to do nothing. That's it. Those are your only options. So yeah, I, that's why I rant a lot. And, and so, you know, as far as like my, my past self would be like, here's the shortcut. I would tell myself all the shortcuts be like, just do it this way. <laughs> right. And you know, it, it's, it's funny as, as I was writing this question to ask you, I thought about that for myself too, because that, unfortunately I, I, that is how I learn. Right. I, you, we learn, I think we all do through the doing and whether that's taking on a project, signing up for a course, you know, whatever that, that piece is, that's how we learn for the next time, you know, but, but I really think it's that moment of, you know, when it's trust your gut and you, you may still go against it, but at least it's more of a conscious choice than a, I need to make money or I need to do this. And 
there's a balance, right? Especially with service work and, okay, well, is there service work? Like, this is what I'd say to myself is, what could you do that is easy to automate that you can do for somebody, but doesn't require so much of of the stuff you don't like to do. And for the life, like I would have preferred creating content than websites years ago for people. Right. Even Mm -hmm. though, even though there's that fine line or with service work, what I love to do when I did it was done for you podcasting. I believe in podcasting as a a medium 150%. I think every business can, can benefit from it. Not everybody should podcast, but so it was like finding that sweet spot. But again, I wouldn't have known had I never done the work and launched a podcast, which I had no intention to do anything with other than have fun. I was really sick and tired of just doing how to do this and how to do that. And, you know, I, I'm going sideways too, but that whole piece with with clients just, you know, do it, don't. You're going to pay time or money, one of the two. So decide yep. um, from that perspective. Another question I want to well, ask. And I, sorry, go ahead. Can I just highlight one thing? Because we're, we're ranting a lot. And I... Yeah. <laughs> One of, one, of, one of the things that keeps me going, though, is that when I do find those people who are just like they're ready and then they go from like, I thought this was hard and I never could do this to feeling just really empowered and having something amazing happen in their business. Like, I think that's what keeps most people going is when they when they find those people that like, yes, I can help you. And then you do it. And the, the result is amazing. So like one example of that is uh, I started doing website in a day projects, um, basically because I met a young woman who's a business owner and she didn't have any website at all. And she kind of begged me for it. I was like, okay, sure. Like come to, come to my office and we'll just, we'll bang this out. And she showed up, she had amazing content. She had beautiful pictures. She had testimonials. She just couldn't get the tech piece. She had already spent like days just banging her head against the wall and getting nowhere. And then just working together in one day, we literally between nine and six, nine AM and six PM created something that wasn't there before. And she was ecstatic. And I was like, Oh, that's, that's it. Okay. That's why I keep doing this is for those people. Well, and that piece, and you're absolutely right. We are ranting and I, there, there's a balance too, cause I don't want to be one of those people that just bitches, but I, I think I, I really believe everybody's got a story within them. Everybody can create content. You may not, it may not be something you love, but to your point, do it until you can pay, but it's just getting over the fear of it. And, you know, and that's, you know, and I also would, find the medium, right? Like, so exactly. I, I happen to like writing. I happen to be good on video, like, but some people just have one thing that they're really drawn to and it might be, it might be writing. It might be audio. It might be video you know, whatever it is, might be poetry, like whatever it is, um, you know, you don't have to do it the way somebody else is doing it. You can figure out the way that works for you. Just do it consistently is probably yes. the biggest key, right? Yeah, absolutely. That comes down to it. And I found too, that once you get better and feel that you, you have sort of an audio, a non-audio, excuse me, but you have a medium mastered, even though it's kind of an ongoing mastery, is that then you can add something. It's kind of like social platforms, right? Like there was a time when I was like, don't tell me or ask me to be on another platform because I don't have enough time in the day. Well, as my business shifted and I kind of backed up a little bit, then it's like I, I can add things as I go. Um, again, it's the, it's the marathon strategy. Let's shift. Yeah. Another, another question I want to ask you about uh, in terms of this space in general. You know, I've, I've heard the, the phrase, that, oh, it's so crowded. Everybody, you know, this isn't working anymore. This isn't working anymore. What would you tell somebody who wants to get into the digital marketing space? Uh, definitely tell them that email is dead. Don't even bother. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, 
I've been hearing that for literally as long as I've been. You know what? Totally. Totally. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Something's Um, always dead. I mean, nobody would ever write a book or make a movie or do anything if, if overcrowding and like it's been done before was the reason not to do something. It's never been done by you. Right. So, you know, I'm not the best web developer. I don't make like the most awesome. Like I have no illusions about being the best, but I do it the way that I do it. Like I have my own special sauce that I bring to it, which is that now I'm a marketer who also is a developer and I'm a developer who cares about marketing. Like that's the thing. So many people come to me and they've gotten their website done and they, and then no one came to it. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. Mm -hmm. And then they come to me and I look under the hood of the web of the website and I have to go like, Oh, sorry, but this is a pile of crap and you can't actually use this for marketing. We have to start over. So even if I'm not the best web developer ever, it doesn't matter because that's what I bring to it is that care and that, that mind for marketing. That means I'm going to build you a website that's actually going to be good for that because I want it to help you grow your business. So whatever it is you're thinking about doing, you know, if you say to yourself, well, so-and-so is already doing this, you know, Pat Flynn's already the best podcaster ever. So why bother? Well, because you're not Pat Flynn. That's, that's why to do it. Cause you're not playing Pat Flynn and the world needs your voice. So, um, that's, I don't even remember the question. Well, you, no, it's, no, I, I was just listening. And of course that's always my Dr. Seuss. No one is you than you. Right. And, and you know, Pat Flynn is a great example too. I listened to Pat for years and, and you know, it's a little, sometimes it's disheartening when I'm like, Oh, we started our business at the same year. I'm not doing what Pat's doing. Okay. So my learning curve was different at the same time. We often outgrow things that we listen to or connect with or, or, you know, Pat's great. He's, he's killing it. He's done something phenomenal in mine. He may not resonate with everybody. And so there is always that element. I mean, same thing, you know, it's like, well, I, you know what? I just started listening to Pat Flynn like two weeks ago. So he's been killing it, but, and I kind of knew his name, but I'm like, I don't know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Oh, let me go check out. So like, it doesn't matter, you know, like he's killing it, but I, I never listened to him until a couple weeks ago. So there's still room to grow. Absolutely. I mean, I, I forget what the statistic was. I was talking to Troy Dean one time and it was like, I don't know how many, you know, thousands of people are just discovering WordPress for the first time today, right? Or who, right. you know, it, it, it's, here's an example. It surprises me sometimes when somebody, oh, this person just joined Instagram and I'm like, oh, they weren't on Instagram? And I'm not killing it on Instagram, you know, I've got like less than 3,000 followers. But it's funny because I would have assumed that this other person, and I have no example for you, but would have been there. So it's, it's never too late. And I think the beauty of this and from the time, so I started my business in 2008 to today. Sure. There's more people, right? There's, I don't know how many more people are on Facebook today as to then, or, you know, all these different platforms, how much more content there was on the web. But the bottom line is, and this was a Shane Mila thing. And he said, you know, it's super easy to succeed. Just be willing to do the work that other people won't. Which is a lot of it, exactly. right? I mean, how yeah. many how many times, you know, I look at launching the SaaS and I'm like, okay, get the webinar out and, and be prepared. You're going to run this once a week live until it's converting. Like, are you ready? Get ready, girl, because this is what it's going to take. And so be because willing. It's, it's, yeah. it's a total process. And you adjust and you tweak and you measure along the way. So, I, I, you know, if you're simply willing to do the work and get better and course correct as you go, absolutely. I think you can knock it out of the park on the web. 
Yep. Cause you don't need everybody. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Um, so let's wind down a little bit. And you know, it's funny. This is a question I used to ask people on the other show and I, I have to bring it back because it's fun and maybe I'm just nosy, but, uh, what is something fun about you that people may not know that gives us a little bit of insight into who you are? Oh man. Um, should I prepare well, you for that one? <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, one of my wife's biggest annoyances is that I put my whole dang life on the internet <laughs> And I've, I've gotten a, a little bit better, but I, I literally tell people like, you know, if you have a question about what I think about something, Google your question, add my name and probably something will come up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so something that people might not know, that's, that's the challenging part. Like there's a lot of quirky things, but what have I actually kept hidden? <laughs> I don't know. Do you do you write fan fiction? Are you like oh, Marvel no, versus DC? Like I, anything? I used to read a lot of fan fan fiction though, but I'm I'm not gonna. Okay, so okay, here I have I have something. So the way that I got on the internet is um, back in high school. It was like the late '90s, and um, I got on the internet at the same time I became super obsessed with Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> and so a lot of how I learned to internet, I learned in like IRC, which is internet relay chat, um, on IRC channels about Xena. And then I would just ask like, well, how do I do this? And what does this mean? And, and that's how I learned like nerd stuff. So that's, that's my thing. <laughs> I love it. I, I, I promise I won't start hashtagging you Xena Warrior Princess. <laughs> But but I can't promise it's not going to get dropped in a PM once in a while. <laughs> that, you know, it's that's a fun little stuff. Like everybody knows by now, too, like I'm a total Harry Potter geek, right? But it's like, I mean, I was. It, it's those little insights that you just go, oh my god, that's fun. It, it's just, and and I think that's the beauty of business today too, is that you can pull little snippets of your personality that make you say, yeah, I'm cool sharing this because there's a difference between personal and private, right? But just those little personal. Yeah pieces that you have no idea may you could have a flock of 100 people be like i listen to this and i love that too and it just strikes up a conversation so uh rhonda where is the best place for people to connect with you uh the number one best place would be carveldigital.com um that's where that's kind of like my home base that's where i put all the good stuff um, that's where you can get on my email list. You can read the blog. You can see the 30 day video challenge. Um, and then from there I have, you know, all the, all the socials for Carvel digital, Facebook, uh, Twitter and Instagram. And, um, yeah, you can, you can pretty much get to me everywhere from there. Well, and we will have all the links, everybody listening. So the links to Karanda's uh, website and her social platforms will be in the show notes. Uh, Karanda, thank you so much for joining me and holy patience today. (laughs) (laughs) This is all the tech gremlins at once. This will clear you out for the rest of the week. I hope so. I hope so. Anyways, thanks again for joining me. And you guys know the drill. Hang on to the end. I'll have some links for you. And as always, thanks so much for listening. All right, guys, hopefully that audio was not too uh, wonky, the transition that happened there. So be sure to check out Kronda Adair at Carvel Digital, and that's Carvel with a K, K-A-R-V-E-L digital.com. She is fantastic. If you haven't joined us in Content Creators, which is where we connected, I just love everything she's doing. Join us in the Content Creators Facebook group, and you can just go to creatorsfbgroup.com, and that'll take you right to the group. 
As always, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you next week.